Off the Ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108. Regular season ends on Thursday and then the 2018 playoffs start this Saturday. All roads leading to game one of the NBA Finals on June 1st. Ryan Farmer-Jones, contributing editor editor to Slam magazine, is on the line. Evening, Ryan. Joe, how are you? Very well. So this is like Christmas for you. This is where you come alive. This is very exciting, and I'm, I'm honoured as well to be in the Champions League uh, halftime slot here. This is this is big for me as a football fan as well, but yes. <laughs> are you keeping an eye on Man City-Liverpool, or are you otherwise engaged? Well, I'm an Evertonian, so I'm, of course, rooting for City today. Uh, so yes, but I'm also, uh, you know, sort of at my office as well, so pretending to work a bit and, and uh, following the soccer as well. Yeah, well, welcome to the real world. Um, so <laughs> regular season ends on Thursday and there are some playoff yeah. spots and seedings to be uh, decided, no doubt. Uh, before we look ahead to the playoffs, what kind of regular season has it been, Ryan? What are the big storylines? It's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, they've, you're always sort of looking for the new team or the new player to sort of reach that elite level. This year, it's been the Rockets, uh, led by James Harden, who I think everyone assumes at this point is going to win MVP this year, and I think deservedly so. He's had a great year, uh, and the Rockets have locked in the number one seed in the West and, and overall, which means they've, uh, at least for now, supplanted Golden State, who've been this sort of machine the past few years. Whether they'll be able to hold them off in the playoffs and, and get to the finals, uh, that has potential for an amazing series. Uh, uh, about a month from now. Yeah. Uh, so Harden definitely is up there. Uh, some of the younger guys who are, you know, really kind of establishing themselves, Philadelphia, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, uh, have been incredibly exciting to watch. They're going to be in the playoffs this year. Uh, but then there's this, you know, standby in Cleveland, LeBron, who's, you know, they just won the division, I think, for the, his seventh or eighth time winning his division and, um, you know, coming into the playoffs. And, and sort of until someone could supplant him uh, and knock him off his perch, at least in the East, uh, not only for the best team in the East, but perhaps for the best player in the league, uh, you know, so someone has to do it and they haven't really done it yet so there's a lot going on it's 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 been a really good season I'm excited for the playoffs yeah I see um fatigue has raised its head again this has been a, a perennial kind of problem uh, we talk about fixture congestion in the GAA over here believe it or not right. uh, the NBA has its own issues and so I know this season again they've tried to trim more of the uh, back-to-back games and the four games in five uh, and to reduce them and yet uh, it still seems like it crops up as a big issue for teams I saw uh, the Kings coach at one point in the season was just saying we're just trying to survive five games and seven nights five different cities three different time zones right. so right. Uh, that is a perennial problem in the NBA it is, and you know, I think like in any sport, right, in, in GAA yeah. or in, uh, in English football and anything, you, you're going to, wh- whatever whatever teams can sort of get away with, they're going to wish they had a little bit more of a break, a little more time off. The league did, uh, as you mentioned, take those measures to minimize the number of back-to-backs, particularly on the road, um, but you still have guys who, who do get beat up. It's a, you know, it's a slog, um, it's very physically demanding, and you know, you had injuries as well that, you know, some key players that weren't necessarily down to fatigue, but Kyrie Irving now out much of the season, uh, DeMarcus Cousins in New Orleans, there have been a number of really good players uh, who've missed you know, big chunks of the season uh, due to fatigue. But again, the, the elite guy, and, and obviously Steph Curry as well, with these recurring ankle problems. Um, but at the same time, you've had these elite guys as well, like James Harden, like LeBron, who's about to play every single game, I think, for the first time in his career, yeah. uh, who, who have managed to stay healthy. So it's, uh, it's a bit of a crapshoot that way, but it's... Um, Hopefully enough of the key guys are healthy for the playoff run, just for the fans' perspective. Yeah, so you mentioned that the Cavs have um, topped the con- their conference and LeBron is going to, it looks like, play in all 82 games for the first time in his 15-year uh, career, which suggests he's pretty focused and feeling good about things. What's his form been like over the, these 82 games? 
you know, statistically, he's he's arguably having one of his two or three best seasons, which at age 33, and at this point, he's played more career minutes now than Michael Jordan, Bill Russell, Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, he's he's played the level of minutes that you would expect from a guy who was, you know, 35, 36, 37 years old. He's 33. Yeah. Uh, so to play 82 games this year has been remarkable. Uh, I think over the past 28, 29 games now, he's averaged a, a basically a 30-point triple-double, which is just phenomenal. So, yeah, he's, he's just at a, a sort of another level. I'm, my loyalty uh, or my fan fandom uh, of his is is uh, well known but yeah you can't you can't say much about it uh but you know Russell Westbrook has been close to a season long triple double again James Harden's numbers have been incredible so there's a lot of the game has changed so much the pace of the game in recent years that you're seeing more guys who can sort of approach these other otherworldly numbers over the course of an entire season it's it's incredible to watch and is it a better spectacle than ever well, you know, I kind of go back and forth on that. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of, of sometimes the over-reliance on the three-pointer. I, I can't even say the over-reliance because very good teams like the Warriors and Cavs, among others, have used it well and successfully. But, you know, there are times where it does feel like, you know, it's just about finding an open three-pointer, and that's almost your goal every possession. But that's that would be ignoring the fact that you saw these remarkable athletes who, who do get to the key. Uh, and even those three-point heavy offenses, there's an incredible intricacy and in teamwork involved. The passing's remarkable. Uh, so I don't want to minimize it that way. I you know Again, I'm, I remember back to the 80s and 90s, and so you sort of have to adjust your expectations right once you get old enough and not get caught too much in the past. So uh, the game right now is a lot of fun to watch for the most part. Really, again, just, just down to the quality of the athletes uh, and the number of guys who who can do so many things really, really well. The versatility of these guys on both ends of the court is just remarkable. Yeah. So uh, the Cavs come out top in the Eastern Conference. In the West, as you said, it's uh, the Houston Rockets uh, who've uh, trumped Golden State. It's the first time in a number of years uh, that the Warriors haven't topped that division. So uh, tell us a bit more about Houston and James Harden. Yeah, and I should real quick, just to clarify, the Cavs top of the Central Division, but not actually the Eastern Conference. The Raptors are up there. The Cavs will finish third or fourth. Uh, out West, the Rockets, you know, the, the wild card with them going into the season was adding Chris Paul to a team that already had James Harden. These are two guys who really both want the ball and need the ball to thrive, and there were a lot of questions on whether they could sort of peacefully coexist in the same backcourt. They absolutely have. They've been remarkable together. Uh, 64 wins, best record in the league by, by a bunch. Um, they're just really difficult to guard uh, for anyone uh, in, in similar ways to the Warriors, but in somewhat different ways as well. Uh, and then defensively, I think they've surprised people with how, how well they've played. So uh, the Rockets are a real threat to win it this year. You know, again, they're going to have to beat a healthy Warriors team uh, in the conference finals, most likely to get to the finals. But uh, I don't think anybody's picking against them right now, at least as far as having a terrific shot. They've been really, really tough to beat all year. Yeah. And so what's the Warriors' attitude been to the last uh, couple of weeks? I've, I know Steph Curry's injured and um, I was reading a piece saying that really they've shown no real interest in trying to build momentum for the playoffs at this point. Are they, are they just an experienced outfit at this stage who are biding their time for bigger days ahead or is there something more worrying going on? That seems to be the case. I mean, I'll be shocked if Curry isn't back healthy, you know, for the playoffs when it matters. Now, whether he can stay healthy, obviously, is a different point. But, uh, no, I think that's it. I think they've hit this point. You know, it was only a couple of years ago that they broke the NBA regular season uh, win record. And so, you know, it went from a team that was literally trying very hard to win every single game to, you know, those guys are a couple of years older now. They've been there. Uh, Curry's got a couple of championships. Durant now has got the one. They've sort of realized, okay, maybe now this is a point where we can pace ourselves a bit. It doesn't matter as much. Would they prefer to have home court? advantage in the finals uh, potentially against the Rockets sure um, it wasn't worth it to them based on you know certainly the injuries and, and maybe the amount of effort uh, expended to get that it you know it didn't work out for them and maybe it wasn't a priority 
again, if healthy, they're still going to be incredibly hard to beat, uh, you know, because they've been there, they've done it. The Rockets haven't yet, and, and over NBA history, that's always kind of the test, is teams generally have to earn their spot uh, or earn their shot at that title, and, and so the Rockets have to prove it this year against at least one, if not a couple of teams that have already been there. Is there any great trend to how teams who finish off the playoffs good or poorly uh, tend to do? Is it a good indicator generally? I'm sorry, can you rephrase that? Is it a good indicator generally? You know, a team like the Warriors who will be thinking about ultimately winning the championship outright. Right, has right. It been, in the past, like, has it been fairly commonplace for top teams to slow down at times in the regular season towards the end and buy themselves yeah, bigger days? Right. I mean, I think veteran teams uh, that have got experience getting deep into the playoffs, teams that have won before, you know, you did see bits and pieces of that in Miami with LeBron there. Yeah. Uh, and since he's been in Cleveland as well, where, yeah, you're sort of pacing yourself. Now, again, the Cavs, for example, this year really kind of struggled in, in January and earlier in the season, and, and they had to kind of get their record back up and play better toward the end of the year. Um, but, but that sense of pacing yourself a little bit, again, I think for a veteran team that knows what it takes to win in May and June, yeah, I think there's, there's a precedent that that can work uh, if you've got veteran experienced guys. Who, who know what it takes this time of year. Uh, one of our listeners, Angus Cody, has uh, been in touch to ask you to discuss the fallout between the referees and the players. Yeah, it's been interesting. I think the average fan probably doesn't see much of that. Uh, Angus is paying pretty well, pretty good attention, I think. Um, you know, there's been this sense of tension sometimes with how uh, the referees feel they've been disrespected. You know, it's always uh, uh, such a an uneven relationship there when you've got these players who are paid, you know, in many cases, tens of millions of dollars uh, per year, and these referees who, who do okay at the professional level in the NBA, but obviously nowhere near. And, and the, the respect level, and, and, and there's only so many referees, too, so these guys see each other over and over again, and certain guys get sort of an antagonistic relationship, you know, one-to-one. A guy's been teched up by the same ref before, and so he knows it goes into a game knowing, oh, this referee doesn't like me, mm-hmm. or a referee about a player, so, oh, this guy doesn't respect me. So, you know, I think it pops up every few years. The NBA has tried to pay a little more attention to it this year. I think I don't see it being a big issue in the playoffs, but then again, it only takes one or two plays in a key moment of a big game, particularly in a playoff series. So um, I don't anticipating that. I anticipate that sort of you know defining the playoffs in any way, but. Could it flare up at some point? Absolutely. It's, it's been an issue. The NBA is trying to address it. They've sort of had backroom talks with the players' union and the referees' union, but you never know in a key moment where that might pop up. Yeah, and just how disrespectful are the players to the referees? Is it there for everybody to see? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I always compare it to soccer, uh, right, to, to football. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you see how certain language that the players use, at least in Europe, to referees, that, that if that happened in the NBA, those guys would get thrown out of games, certain word choices, let's say. Yeah. Um, so you don't see that at least as blatantly. But again, it's, it doesn't take much. Sometimes it's, a, it's just flinging the ball or, or a look occasionally. A guy will get a technical foul for, for, for staring at a referee too long uh, after a questionable call. So, uh, and, you know, there's no hiding on an NBA court. The fans are right there. The cameras are right there, and they're, they're you know, 20 cameras for a big game. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's challenging, and those players know uh, that they're under the microscope. But in a key moment to, to hold, especially again in a game that where there's a lot of stakes, uh, it's difficult sometimes for those guys to reel that in. It's it's uh, so inevitably again, especially this time of year, you'll get some moments where it'll get a little ugly. Mm. So what are you looking out for in the playoffs then? Uh, 
Well, I mean, the East is really fascinating given, you know, primarily the 76ers. Again, they're, they're going to be the third or fourth seed right there with the Cavs. Um, and they're very young and really unproven. And Joel Embiid, they're, you know, really incredibly talented. The young center has been hurt lately. But Ben Simmons is playing phenomenally well. The rest of that team is, is really functioning at a high level. I think they've won 14 straight now. They're essentially the hottest team coming into the playoffs. But they have no experience, really, in the postseason as a team. So when they get into a six or game, seven game series against the Toronto or against the Cleveland, you know, how, how will that all pan out? That's going to be a fascinating series down the stretch. The Raptors lead the East going in the playoffs, mm. um, but have really kind of been a disappointment. No one, I don't think most people really believe they can do it. Uh, the Celtics with Kyrie's injuries uh, and Gordon Haywood out. I mean, they're missing two of the, basically their best players from the beginning of the year. And then out West, I think everybody's just waiting for Houston and Golden State to play in the conference finals and, and watch them slug it out and, and see who gets to the finals. But yeah. I, again, I think it'll be great round, you know, from the opening rounds all the way through. Okay, very good. Starts on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, coming up. Okay, great stuff. Listen, I'm sure we'll be in touch across the next uh, couple of months. Ryan Jones from uh, Slam Magazine. Thanks so much. Thanks, Joe. Off the Ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108.